Welcome to the Black and Green Podcast. It's your go-to place to find the latest high-quality, all-natural products created by Black artisans. Hosted by yours truly, Dr. Kristen H., the founder of Black and Green, we'll discuss all things health, wellness, self-care, and of course, self-love. This podcast features a refreshing lineup of guests, from entrepreneurs and artisans to holistic lifestylists and clean beauty experts, and a plethora of other innovators within the wellness industry. Join me as we learn from the best of the best. Welcome back to the Black and Green Podcast. We have a really special guest here today. I cannot wait for you guys to meet her. We have Koya Webb, the author of Make Your Fears Fierce and the founder of Get Loved Up. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's always such a pleasure to speak with you. Oh, thank you. So I had to tell you, Koya, you are the very first person that introduced me to the power of sage. Mm, get out of here. I can't believe that. Yes. Yes. I had heard about it and I kind of has been like around me, but I had never actually done it. And I remember coming over for like for our moon mm-hmm. ceremony and you saged it. And I remember feeling like this energy release and this calming. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. It's just so, a lot of people don't believe in the power of plants, but I, to this day, even though I've been doing it for the last 10 years, every time I do a moon gathering and I do the saging and the smudging, like you you feel the energy clearing. You feel it. It's so powerful. Mm. And I think I love the way that you put that, like the power of plants. It's not like, you know, because I hear some people who are stepping their toes into the wellness world and they're kind of, they hear about the crystals and they hear about the sage and this Palo Santo and they get worried. They get kind of like, oh, what is this stuff? Is this some sort of witchcraft? But mm-hmm. I, I love the way you said it. It's believing in the power of plants. Absolutely. It's the power of plants. When you talk about sage, it's the power of mother earth. When you talk about crystals, these are parts of nature that we actually have to be mindful of when we use them, especially when it comes to Palo Santo that we're not overusing. But these are all parts of nature that are energetic and spiritually dense. And so they're able to help us just even having plants in your house helps detox and purify your whole home. And so when you bring these um, things into your life, when you bring these plants and pieces of nature into your life, you start to cleanse and purify your space. So it is very, very powerful. Mm. So let's talk about cleanse and purifying spaces. Tell me about how your space is designed. How do you cleanse? How do you purify Mm. your own space? I'm one of those people where my surroundings Mm -hmm. really impacts my mood a lot. And so I'm always curious about how other people create their safe space. Mm, I love that you asked that question because I have been nomadic for a year. Last Mm. June, Um, I, after my yoga teacher training and, you know, I host these at least minimum twice a year where I'm guiding anywhere from six to 20, um, men and women. We have two men, our first two men at this teacher training. Um, so we're like, it's open to everyone and leading them through holistic health and yoga. And after that, I went on a tour speaking and traveling and holding workshops and and teaching yoga all around the world. 
And I was getting ready for the one that I'm in now that just started in May. And spiritually, I was getting this calling to ground, to ground. It's like you are Negro because the book, my book is also coming out June 11th. And so I just kept getting this spiritual um, download to ground. And I was like, okay, so where am I going to ground? And there's this place that I live now currently in Marina Del Rey. And it's right by the water. And for me, the most powerful way that I purify my space, my energy, my soul is being in or near the water. Water has the most cleansing and purifying effect on my body. It is undeniable. Whether I take a shower or a bubble bath or just um, when I used to do massage, I would just rinse my arms. And now even after yoga class, when I, when I touch, I just rinse my arms from the elbow down in cool water. All of these connections with water help me purify and cleanse myself. Mm. So being near the water is number one for my location. And then when you walk into my home, um, the bedroom is first. I have plants. I have flowers on either side of my bed um, because I do ancestral readings and I get ancestral readings. And the last one that I had, um, she spoke to my ancestor and there was like, they said, surround yourself with plants and surround yourself with flowers. And I was like, okay, I love that anyway. And I get plants more than I get flowers. So the fact that I have these two um, flower um, and they're wildflowers, I have them beside my bed because that was, I was guided to that by my ancestors. And then beside um, the side that I sleep closest to, I have a Himalayan sea salt rock. And that mm. really um, balances the negative ions in the room. And then at the foot of the bed, I have, like looking at it right now as I talk through it, I have a huge bowling ball size crystal of rose quartz um, because I am really working on really just like healing, loving and being love. And I'm putting out a lot of love into the universe. So I really have to nurture the mm -hmm. love that I'm receiving as well. So this rose course actually has a name. I named her Athena Rose and she gives me a lot of love and I feel a lot of powerful energy from her. And, uh, so that's kind of my, my bedroom space right now. And I'm just moving in. So it has a lot, like, I'm I'm waiting on some dream catchers to come in. I'm waiting on a wicker chair to come in. Um, and then in my living room, I have some lounge chairs. I have a fireplace because I do believe in the balance of water and fire and all the elements of nature. So I love being in a home with a fireplace because as you know, I burn sage, I do purification ceremonies, and it's really important to have this element. And I do burn off things that don't serve me, negative things. I throw them in the fire, it's mm. gone. And it really does help me energetically cleanse um, as well. So I cleanse with water mm. and I also cleanse a lot with fire as well. And then my floors are wood. Oh, I so I actually that. got the carpet taken out and I was like, I want hardwood floors. And I got, it was very expensive, but I did it because again, water, fire, wood, metal, all these elements of our universe work together to actually balance us out energetically. And I feel like the more people know about these things, the more they can balance their house out, their home and their living space as well. Mm, oh, that's so helpful. Like we talked a little bit about transition and you mentioned it when you were talking about your kind of the yoga teacher training and kind of guiding people through transition. How have you transitioned over 
the course of your journey and your journeying, which it never ends. It's a constant journey to kind of be the best version of yourself. How have you kind of seen these transitions? What were some of the key moments of transition? And kind of how did you get through some of these tough moments? I definitely feel my spiritual practice has helped me get through almost every (laughs) transition that I've experienced. And that's why I started the yoga teacher trainings, because I feel like the spiritual part was being left out, like how in rituals and routines and products that can really nurture our own, our own health. And now that's what, that's what I do. (laughs) That's what I do for a living. And I'm in love with it because not only do I transform Um, when I learned, you know, self-love and self-care and how to meditate, how to use crystals, how to use sage, how to do these practices that bring us a deep spiritual connection. I was like, wow, everyone, I want everyone to have these gifts, know that these gifts are given to us by nature and we're all supposed to have them to help with our human experience. Mm. Wow. That's, that's really awesome. How... I always like to think about trying to empower people with the like the actual like how can they start to do this? So you mentioned how your spiritual connection kind of really helped you get through transitions. How did you deepen your spiritual connection? If someone is saying, "Yes, I need to deepen it. I'm I'm at that surface level and it's time for me to take it to the next level." What are some things that you would encourage them to start doing if they wanted to kind of strengthen their spiritual connection to self? Mm, that's that's such a good question. And there's so many ways. Um, and in my book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce, I go into all of the practical tools that I've used in my lifetime. Um, but just to touch on a couple, as I started, number one, um, breath work. You know, when I took that first mm. deep breath in college, I connected with my spirit. And so breath work or pranayama will help you cleanse and purify. Like it would help you release stress when your body's feeling tense. When we come to this earth and when we leave, you know, we're still moving. If we're still breathing, we're still moving. So as long as you have your breath in your body, you're able to dissolve stress and you're able to balance out your energies. And so I would say learning to breathe and learning to use your breath for Mm. um, meditation, that would be the first Um, And so with the breath work we had on meditation, just sitting in the stillness, listening to your breath and just feeling the intricacies of your body and your soul and just really deep diving into feeling because I think life is moving at such a fast pace. We forget to feel. We forget Mm -hmm. our intuition. We forget that we are actually very high sensory beings and we're always, you know, responding to the world around us, but we're really not looking at how we're actually speaking to ourselves, how our body is speaking to us in different ways. So when you slow down, connect with your breath and meditate, you're actually able to hear what your body's telling you, what your soul's telling you, because it's always communicating every single day, every single breath. Now we will pause for a moment of meditation with Dr. Crystal Jones. So wherever you are right now, just take a moment to be. Be in your awareness, be in your truth, be in your wholeness. Allow yourself to show up as light, dark, and every shade of gray in between. Feeling your presence, experiencing your truth.
finding your breath. And instead of directing her, listen to her. Ask her where she wants to spend more time and spend more time there. Ask her where she's stuck and go into the experience of why. Be in this breath, be in this movement, and continue to cultivate this experience through the rest of your day. Honoring that your truth and whatever you show up as is always enough. You are perfection and excellence personified. Anything that tells you that you're anything else no longer serves you. Um, I think that this it seems so simple, you know, connect mm-hmm. with your breath, take a deep breath. But I think it really is powerful once you can learn to use it to release the stress throughout your body and to not hold the tension, but kind of release the tension. Right. Absolutely. I feel like once you release that tension, then you're able to relax and have more peace of mind about, okay, I'm not tense. I'm not scared because I believe after going through the course of miracles, I know the two main emotions in life are fear and love and fear. When we're in fear, we tense up, we produce acid in the body and acid being in the body causes inflammation and inflammation, as you know, causes all the other diseases we experience. And so if you're able to dissolve that inflammation and that acid by breathing, that it, that becomes the number one way to heal. And so and mm. everyone can do it, no matter how many limbs you're at, no matter if you're in the hospital, whatever, everyone can breathe. So really working in the, in the book, I share a couple of different pranayamas um, that you can do, which is just prana means life, you know, and the movement of your life force energy is your breath. And so when you start to work with these um, practices, you start to realize like, wow, I really do feel more calm. I really do feel more mental clarity. And then hopefully you start to practice it on a regular basis. And then I think the meditation, just sitting in stillness and really finding peace of mind, whether it's just being stillness or um, I have a lot of guided meditations online because I started with guided meditation. So number one would be breathing. Number two would be start with a guided meditation and just really allow um, positive affirmations in your life. So my guided meditation, I just share positive affirmations and I speak them and affirm them over, you know, your life. As you're listening, you feel affirmed as a person. You feel worthy. You feel confident and all these things. And we need to hear this because we hear all that stuff, all negative stuff. You're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. This and that and the other. Mm. And it's like, we need to be affirmed like that, that what are we doing right? And I think we don't affirm mother earth enough. You know, we're always complaining. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's this, it's that, you know, but how about the beauty? Look at the beautiful trees. Look at the water. All this gratitude is what we need to really really help heal mother earth. And that's exactly what we need to heal ourselves. So practicing breath work, meditation, and then I kind of already segue into gratitude. I think gratitude is another thing that when you are experienced on a hard time in life and when you are frustrated, thinking of the things that you're grateful for, like that you are alive, that you are, you know, able to have like a place to live or a car to sleep in or, you know, whatever you have, just practicing gratitude um, is another thing that people can do if they're feeling like, you know, not so great 
in life. And then, of course, yoga, I feel like moving the body really helps dissolve some of that tension and stress and, you know, having gratitude for the fact that we can even move our bodies every single day. Mm-mm. You mentioned this idea of there's two emotions, there's fear and love. And you also mentioned about kind of how you have this intention with love in this current season that you're in. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? What does love look like? What does love mean? How do you manifest love? I love that question because like, what is love? And love, to me, love is all there is. You know, and all these things that are manifested outside of the love are temporary illusions. But Mm. we do create these temporary illusions and we believe them so they become part of our human experience. So love to me is connection. It's compassion. It's patience. It's peace. So all of these things vibrate at this frequency. It's nature that we were talking about. It's a different elements, you know. Um, it's a light and the darkness, right? It's just this all-encompassing function of the whole. Like all of this is love, right? And this whole encompassing, like when you look at nature, when you look at light and dark and all these experiences, you realize like, wow, I'm just in a big bubble of love. How am I able to function in this space, realizing that in the darkness, And in the light, I am still functioning as light. I am still functioning as a love being, and I'm not giving in to fear. I'm not giving in to those vibrations that really cause me to experience more and more of it, which is, hey, it's growing and you do grow in the darkness. You grow in the pain. You grow in these dark moments. But if you want to come out of it, all you have to do is start functioning in the light. So I always tell people, if you don't look at it as good and bad, it could just be like, oh, I'm functioning in the darkness right now. I'm functioning in the light right now. And you honestly choose every single day, every single breath. Mm. And what does it look like when you're functioning in the darkness? In the darkness, I'm in fear. I'm in doubt. I'm worried. I'm judging. I'm criticizing. I am in this place of... I just trying to figure out how, and a lot of times when you're in this darkness, you're always wondering how, you're always wondering why, as, but in the light, you're actually being, you know, and you can be the light in the darkness. Like you can, like, Mm. even though you're in the darkness, wondering how you can be like, oh, I know how love. And then that being the light actually starts to shift you into this love consciousness. And again, I feel like, even though these things are experienced, this worry, this fear, it's still a part of the human experience. Like there's nothing wrong with being in darkness. There's nothing wrong with having these um, periods of collapse because I do believe it's in the darkness where we develop our most strength and where we get this, uh, the biggest um, dose of willpower. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you are in, in the light, you know, as we have dark and light and day, because I do connect everything with nature. I feel like you're able to appreciate it more, you know, but you build and you recover in the darkness and while we're sleeping Mm -hmm. and then you wake up and you have the day and you, you do different things in different parts of this reality. Mm -hmm. Parts of it, right. Like I often say that happiness can only exist as a foil to sadness. If there was no such thing as sadness, if there's no such thing as disappointment, you wouldn't know what happy 
felt like. Right. And so I think there's this, <laughs> it would be like, that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that I had to come to realize that in order for me to experience happiness, I'm going to experience disappointment. In order for me to be grateful, in order for me to be, you know, well, you can always be grateful. But in order for me to kind of experience some of these other emotions, I had to recognize that the human experience includes both of them. And so it's not a negative. Failure is not a negative. It's it's a part of the experience to, to see what happiness or joy might feel like. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like that once you experience all of these, it's like you're really living fully. And I try mm-hmm. to remind myself that and remind everyone, you know, people that I'm working with that, like, it's okay to experience this pain. We don't have to get rid of pain. We don't have to get rid of sadness. We have, we, it's okay to experience it, but also it's okay to know that we don't have to stay there either, you know, and that, you know, it's, mm. it's literally a choice. It's, you know, we don't have the choice over what happens to us, but we do have a choice on how we deal with what happens to us and how we beat ourselves up or mm. shame ourselves mm. or make ourselves wrong. Or we could say, hey, this happened and this is how I'm going to respond to that happening. I'm going to like mourn right, if you want right. to mourn or be sad if you want to be sad. Or you know what? I'm going to see that as making me stronger. So I'm actually going to be happy. And I do believe, you know, and I am an optimist. I'm definitely a one that wants to be happy more than sad. But there are people like, yeah, I want to be sad. I want to be angry and I want to be, you know, this way. And that is their prerogative. And that is, if that is the reality they want to be in, I never, I try not to judge or shame anyone that wants to be in the darkness, to be in anger, to be in fear. But if someone comes to me as an optimist, I'm going to, you know, guide them to the light and say, okay, well, this is how I see um, the possibility of moving into light, of moving into love. And and that's where I like to live. That's where I like to be. And I I do Mm -hmm. respect people that are mm. on that other side because I, I do believe there are yin, there's yin and yang in life. And as much as I am promoting the light and promoting love consciousness, I also know that there is other promotion going on at the same time for fear-based living and fear consciousness. And, uh, you know, that's life. Right, right. I'm curious to know, has there been a time in your life where you were in living in the darkness and you were kind of in this fear-based consciousness and what were the strategies that you used to help yourself kind of experience the emotion that you need to experience but not stay there? I think that's a very good question because I still have fear-based thoughts and I still um, Mm -hmm. function in the darkness. I think it's an ongoing, I think it's part of my human experience. I think it's part of all of our human experiences. Um, But what I, when I do find myself in the darkness in fear and anger, anything like that, I remind myself to have compassion, compassion for myself, compassion for other people. When I bring myself back into this pace of compassion and um, also gratitude then I'm able to get out of that fear-based thought or fear-based funk or whatever I'm in. I'm able to get out of that a lot, mm-hmm, a, lot mm-hmm. um, a lot quicker. And I have compassion for the fact that if someone is hurting me in some way, they are hurting. I do believe hurt people hurt people. And I don't necessarily mm. feel that they always do it intentionally. I feel like a lot of it is unconscious. And so when unconsciously Mm -hmm. someone is hurting, they're responding and reacting and living in the world from that hurt space. And so it almost attracts even more hurt into their reality. 
And how do you deal? I think that that's really, you know, true that hurt people hurt people. And usually when someone hurts you, they're unconsciously dealing with some sort of hurt or pain of their own. Mm -hmm. But how do you handle that as someone who can say, hey, you're hurting me. And I recognize that it may be unconscious, but it's still happening. Mm -hmm. How do you encourage people to be compassionate, but still protect themselves from people who are hurting and in return hurting them? Mm, That's a good question because I'm actually dealing with it currently. And I think the first thing is just to acknowledge their pain you know just acknowledge it like oh okay i i see that and you mean do you like acknowledge it to them like say it out loud like hey i see your pain or do you mean like as a person okay uh yeah just say i see your pain i see that you're hurting and i'm here for you because you don't because again they might not see it they might be just feeling it and so and they're sharing with you and you just acknowledging um and not like attacking them or just you know being angry with them but just saying i i feel your pain and I love you. And so that's what I do. Mm, that's maturity. It, it takes a lot. It took a long time for me to get yeah. here. But. That's maturity because typically if someone's hurting mm-hmm. you, you're mad, yeah. you're frustrated, you're angry. You might even be hurt yourself because it's like the the actions that this person is taking is causing me pain and you want an apology or you want them to you want them to recognize that they're hurting you but instead you're saying flip it and you say to that person, "I see that you're in pain and I'm here for you despite the pain that they're causing you." Absolutely. And it takes a lot of growth. And it's not like you don't feel that pain because I feel pain. Like I feel hurt for sure. And that's where the second part of it comes with it, with the gratitude, because the first is compassion. I hear you. I feel you. I love you. I have compassion because you're hurting somewhere in order for you to pass that hurt along to me. Right. And then comes gratitude. Like I'm grateful for that part, that friendship that I did have. I'm grateful that I am still alive. I'm grateful that I have other people around me that love and support me. So you have to go to a space of gratitude to start to heal that hurt within you. Right. Because it, you can't unhurt. Like if someone said something or did something, it, it, it's a wound, you know, and wounds mm. have to heal. And a lot of times that person is still in pain. So they're not, they're not going to see it right away. Sometimes they will. Sometimes people can see themselves or maybe they can go to counseling and maybe they'll come back and apologize later. But sometimes it takes a while for people to see like, oh my God, like I realize that I realize that that hurt you. I realize like how that hurt you and I'm sorry. And then, and then you can heal in that way. But if a person is not there yet, like they haven't done the work, you have to work on your own healing. And I think gratitude, because mm. it happened and gratitude can make you realize compassion for them. So you don't, you know, react, <laughs> right. Um, and clap back and right, go right. at them. But also just having this space of gratitude for what is around you, what is nurturing you, um, that you were able to see that that actually came out because sometimes the people don't say things, things just start happening. You're like, what's wrong? This is weird. So when it actually comes out, it's actually a blessing. So it's actually, you should want to be grateful. Mm. Like, wow, I'm grateful this came out because I didn't even know that you felt this way. I didn't know, you know. So I think that compassion right, right, followed by that gratitude can help you personally heal. And sometimes it can take a while, especially if you're right. someone close to you and someone that you really love and adore. It can take a while for you to. Have you experienced that? Like as you. Oh, yeah. I'm experiencing it right now as we speak. Thank you for tuning into the Black and Green podcast. Did you have more questions for our special guest? Please leave your questions in the comment section. Also, check us out at blkgrn.com. 
Please subscribe and comment. We love hearing from you. Until next time, buy black and live green.